This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello again to the Foxborough faithful and Pats Nation within the sound of my voice. We welcome you to the latest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, Mailbag Edition. On our way into Dub Bears game in just a couple of days, your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens here with you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in once again. Two Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI, Odyssey Sports, and 2400 Sports. On today's show, you've got questions. I'll have answers. Maybe you'll agree with them. Maybe you won't, but that's part of the fun. We love to take the questions on all matters related to the most recent Patriots game, the upcoming Patriots game, everything going around the wide world of Foxborough and so much more. So let's Bella check in on how things are going right now with your Patriots. Of course, they are the best three and three team in the NFL right now. There are 10 three and three teams in the NFL right now, which is nuts. It is the still weirdest most awkward, kind of lousy at times, uh, not fully yet realized season in the NFL. We're technically because it's a 17 game season with a bye week. So it's an 18 week season. I'm doing the math for you. Six games in. So we are a third of the way through the 2022 NFL season. And I have no idea what to make of it at this point at all. I mean, we know it's three or four high quality teams that are Super Bowl ready with the Eagles and the Bills and the Chiefs. That's about it. Maybe three. I can't. I don't, I'm not even sure who else I would wedge in there at this point. And then you've just got mediocrity. We've got excellent mediocrity. You've got subpar, underperforming mediocrity. You've got teams that are better than their record indicate. You've got teams that probably aren't nearly as good as their record indicates. I know Shime was talking yesterday about how it wouldn't surprise him if the two and four Jaguars beat the five and one giants this week. Technically that would count as an upset, but in no way, shape or form would it be. It's a wild, messy season. And your new England Patriots right now are <laughs> smack dab right in the middle of it all. As you guys can probably tell, I'm delaying getting to the inevitable because I like you have a little bit of zappy fever fatigue. Yes. I may have reached peak zappy fever already. And it's only here in the middle of the week, the hump, we're still several days away from Pat's Bears on Monday night football. Um, I just kind of like taking a look at where the Patriots are right now. And before we get into your questions, I just want to make a couple of quick points. Obviously, everyone wants to weigh in on Zap versus Mac. You know, is it going to be another Zappy hour Monday night? Or are we going to get return of the Mac, the Mac attack? I mean, the guys who put up that sign the Mac attack corner and they had it rebranded zappy hour corner. They need to know in advance. I don't think anyone is going to find out until almost up until the last minute, whenever Bill Belichick has to declare who the starter is, because whenever you get to that point this weekend, 
where guys need to be made eligible for the active 45 man roster or declared out well before the inactives. I think it's like the Saturday 4 p.m. deadline, whatever that is. You're not going to find out squatola, folks. So we're just going to have to live with the suspense into each his own. That's fine. I, I personally, I think Mac is getting the job back. Isn't it great that we have an awesome backup? Hasn't Zappy Hour injected the life we've needed into the Patriots, the team, the fan base, all the narratives? Hasn't Zappy Hour and the effectiveness out of the little whipper sapper, the whipper zappers, I call him fourth round rookie out of Western Kentucky. The best case scenario, this kid is going to help you figure out exactly who this team is. And when Matt comes in, maybe he'll be able to play more like Zappy did because they tailor cut things for him. They'll stop taking all those chances. Everything should, everything and everyone should benefit from this. And here's the two reasons why. This is what I hope everybody will focus on instead of Mac versus Zap going forward. Number one, the defense has been balling. This 2022 version of the Patriots defense, which Andy Hart even said way back in the summer, had a defensive line that had some edge to them, some, some nastiness, little swag, some attitude. They're showing up even when some of their best guys like Christian Barmore, who had to exit the Browns game uh, even before halftime, I think it was. You had guys like Daniel Equale playing uh, because Lawrence Guy couldn't go. Kyle Davis. We almost got a fat guy touchdown. Big bad Kyle Davis coming in. Number 98 in your playbooks. Number one with a belly. He came in. He was awesome. The defense has been playing great. Defensive line. I'm not even noticing the shortcomings of this linebacking core. I'm not even sure if they're playing linebackers at this point because the D-line has been great. The safeties have been terrific. And the corners, guys, Patriots don't really have a cornerback problem right now. I mean, they don't have a giant dominant number one shutdown corner, which is what everyone wants to grade a defense by. But they have corners that are actually playing very well. Uh, and this leads to point number two. The defense is surprising on many levels. So is the offense. 10 rookies played. This is point number two. 10 rookies played. 10 rookies. 10 Mrs. Bueller. All 10 rookies that made the 2022 roster. And when 10 rookies make a roster, that usually signals a massive rebuild and you turning the direction of a team around, looking for higher draft picks to come because you're in rebuild or remold mode, if you will. No one ever says remold mode, but we'll just we'll forgive and forget and keep moving along. All 10 rookies played Sunday, and most of them made significant, if not very positive, contributions. Tyquan Thornton with two touchdowns. The aforementioned cornerbacks, Marcus Jones, who's also a dynamic returner. Jack Jones locking up that job on the outside, starting once again in place of an injured Jonathan Jones, who's played very well this season himself. Um, you got guys like Sam Roberts filling in on the D-line for 20-something plays. Demarcus Mitchell getting in there. Schooler on special teams. Of course, you know, Cole Strange has been excellent on the offensive line, hell, even Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong got a couple of totes because they were the backups behind Ramondre Stevenson. I do hope Damian Harris makes his way back in because I believe the rushing attack to be more effective when you got the one-two punch of Harris and Stevenson. I think the Ramonster was showing that he got a little gassed last week coming off of a 26-carry week with another 19 touches and a couple uh, catches against the Brownies. All right, so those are my opening thoughts. I hope we can push past the Mac and the Zap and start focusing on some of the great things about this team that I think are not only building blocks for the future, but will keep them competitive this season and might help them win even more games and maybe start thinking playoffs. But hey, listen, Patriots are still in the basement of the AFC East at three and three, but hopefully they can get above 500 with the win against the Bears on Monday night. Let's get to your questions. Here we go. Terrence Thayer, he writes on the Facebook. 
Uh, guys, if Zappy plays Monday night and he puts up numbers like he did against the Browns or even better, what happens? Well, I'll tell you the first thing that happens, Terrence, the Patriots win the football game. And that's the most important thing. They're seven and a half point favorites against the Bears. Side note, I kind of like not just Pat's money line, Patriots with the line and the over, which I think is 38 and a half. I mean, tease it, please it. But I may even go straight up with that. Anywho, first they win the game. And second, great. All right, then the legend of Zappy Hour solidifies itself further, but Mac Jones is going to get this job back. And when Mac Jones takes over, like I said before, Mac Jones should easily have been able to learn from all the things Bailey Zappy did right, pull back a little bit, enough with all of this Albert Breer, Ben, Volan, Mike, Florio. He needs an attitude adjustment. This kid's out of line. There's a disagreement. They're at loggerheads between the Patriots and Mac Jones. They wanted him to get surgery. This kid has questioned in the offense. But please, okay. So what? All right. So Mac is smart. So Mac's got a little bit of an attitude. So Mac's got a chip on his shoulder as well. Good. That stands to benefit for when he gets back under center because he's going to see what Bailey Zappi did. He's smart enough to probably incorporate the things that work for him in the scaled down, dialed back offense. Patricia will be learning from this. Judge will be learning from this in the process. And hopefully this hive mind of offensive play callers, players, and actualizers will come together for the benefit of the team and continue with the progress the offense has made and be more productive and ready for this, hold on to the ball longer and score more points. As much as I would like to tell you, Terrence, that zappy hour continues. Belichick rides the hot hand. He holds on to the job. I think they win the game. It's probably the last start Bailey Zappi gets. I, I read a report from Doug Kide at Pro Football Focus that Mac is already 85 to 90% healed up. He's doing very well in the recovery. He still very well could get the start on Monday night. If I had to choose between the two right now, blank to head, I say Mac gets the start. But that's a best case scenario right there, Terrence Thayer. Thank you for the question. All right, we're moving on. Jordan Watson on the book of face. Are we going to see the Belichick QB swap? You know, test of already for Kozar, then Brady for Bledsoe, like he's done before for a third time between Mac Jones and Zappi. Potentially in one of two scenarios. All right, here we go now. So what's a, so what's a scenario? Um, number one, that scenario is if Mac re-injures his ankle, let's say, uh, I don't know if it's Roquan Smith Monday night. Um, Carl Lawson, Quinnen Williams, uh, any number of the, uh, should we say, surprising, aggressive, uh, attitude-ridden, and pre pretty productive defensive members of the Jets the following week, the day before Halloween at Jet Life Stadium in East Toiletford, uh, New Jersey. Let's say Mac gets sacked up again, rolls the ankle. Oh, no, it hurts. Uh, maybe uh, I should have been out even longer. Or maybe that just happens. Zappy comes back in, yes. And maybe at that point, the hot hand stays in if the zap man can get back and continue to play at the level he had prior to Mac's reinsertion. Or two, if Mac comes in and just continues to take too many 50-50 shots, if he tries to go downfield, if he makes bad decisions, if he tries to rush it, if Mac tries to come in and sort of like assert his dominance or like, I'll show you, I'll score more points than you, Bailey Zappy. You think, you know, you think you're cool. You think you're better than me, buddy. No, I'll show you. I'm Mac Jones. I can't imagine he would, A, talk like that, but B, if Mac plays like that and it doesn't go well for the Patriots, if they don't win as handily as they should against the Bears and Mac plays, okay, you can maybe chalk that up to the ankle, knock it a little rust off, right? But then you go out against the Jets, you go out against the Colts and he doesn't play well, then I could see Zappy coming in. Then we're having this discussion, Jordan. But for the time being, 
I don't see Mac Jones getting Bledsoed or Cozard anytime soon. Wayne Felch, he asks, hey, who would you get more trade value for, Jones or Zappi? Not saying you trade either one, but hypothetically. Hmm, it's a good question. Um, there was uh, another thing on PFF from some AFC executive who spoke with Doug Kite, I believe, and said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots play this kid, get a little more out of him, you know, shine him up real good, and then showcase him. Not immediately, because, of course, with Mac Jones hopefully coming back in soon, as healthy as can be after the high ankle sprain, got to have a quality backup. That's why I'm inclined in no way, shape, or form to move on from either of them anytime soon. Look at what's gone on in the NFL. The Dolphins have already had to play three quarterbacks. You've had backups coming. you got a dinged up, less than dangerous Wilson out in Denver. They probably should give him a break because he's been awful. And he's got the hamstring and the lat issue. You've had Trubisky and Pickett. QBs getting dinged up, knocked out. They've had two quarterbacks in San Francisco already, two with Dallas. Backups are playing left and right, all, almost half the league. New Orleans, Jameis Winston gets hurt. Andy Dalton's been in like literally almost half the league has had to play their backup at this point. So you don't move on from yours, who has played at a surprisingly high level. Now, push comes to shove and shove says, hey, we're going to trade one of them at the end of the season. Probably at least get a first rounder from Mac. You got to pick up the phone and call San Francisco and just be like, uh, you guys interested in revisiting? Uh, I'm not sure who this is, but uh, hey, you guys uh, re-interested? Can I interest you in revisiting uh, what you were thinking about doing a couple of years ago before you took the Lance kid? Then maybe. But right now, not moving on. But I could see I could see either. I don't know if I'm sure if you get a first rounder for Zappy, but a first for Mac, if that were the case, boy, howdy. Sam Douglas. Sam A. Hey, do you think Mac Jones has the confidence that Bailey Zappi has? He doesn't seem as aggressive as Zappi. This uh, this now moves us into the um, agree to disagree or beg to differ portion of the mailbag podcast because Sammy, and it's always tough to trust somebody who's got two first names, Sam Douglas. Uh, <laughs> do you think Mac has the con? Of course I do. Absolutely. I mean, that was part of the issue. I don't think Mac... Uh, I know ba people have been giving Bailey a lot of credit for his pocket poise, stepping up into the pocket. Sometimes Mac has run his way into a sack while trying to roll out and move around a folding pocket. He hasn't stepped up. I'm not just going to say the way Brady does because he's the best of all time in general, let alone uh, at making terrible analogies for football this season and stepping up in the pocket. Zappy has done that. That touchdown to Thornton, the first one he threw last Sunday, that was a thing of beauty. Steps up. And change the arm angle. Does a little Mahomesian little flick arena right there in the end zone. That was gorgeous. But I think Mac has tons of confidence. Of course, a lot of those deep passes, a lot of those aggressive shots he was taking earlier as they tried to make this a more vertical passing game, as they got more aggressive throwing the football, as they brought in more elements of Mac's game from his senior season when he was just absolutely dynamite at Alabama. Yeah, I think he absolutely has the confidence. And I think he's every bit as aggressive. In fact, Sam Douglas, I think what they need to do is scale back on Mac's aggression. I think Mac has plenty of confidence. And if any has eroded in the time that he's been injured while he's been watching someone else step in who basically looks like his stunt double or somebody that would cast him, uh, cast to play him in a Lifetime movie or an MTV movie about <laughs> the Patriots quarterback situation and Bailey Zappi, I think Mac will become more confident if he goes back to what was successful for him last year and they reintegrate more of what Bailey Zappi 
has done to this point. There's my recipe for success, Sam Douglas. Anthony Rossi. Hey, with the way these rookies have played, is it fair to say Bill Belichick was wrong to redshirt a lot of rookies in the past? That's a good question. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes, you know, sometimes these questions are uh, snackables. They're just fun fodder, like conversation pieces. Uh, shall we say uh, inquisitive tapas, we'll call them. You know, something you can just, you know, grab a little snack and talk about. This one right here, I got a fork and knife this one, Anthony. Like, this is a very good question. Because if I say, yes, Belichick was wrong to have sat a lot of these rookies in the past, then basically you would have had a Patriots team with gaps and holes galore on both sides of the ball because how would the team have looked uh, with some of these guys that he knew weren't re weren't ready for action. Um, a lot of the rookie running backs, like they shouldn't play that much because the game is so much faster and people are so much stronger. They've got to get up to speed. You know, you barely saw Ridley and Vereen in 2011. It was 2012 and beyond where they started to take over. You're not going to see Strong and Harris that much this year. With some of the corners he's played in the past before, he's kind of gotten burned. Some of the defensive linemen, they just weren't ready. I think, if anything... He was probably more in the right to not have played some of them because they just weren't ready. And also he was in charge of the drafting along with Casario and, uh, you know, some other folks involved early on in the days. It was Scott Pioli. And then there was Floyd Reese who also helped out for a while. I think what's going on now with Belichick and Matt Groh is that they are just, they're finding guys that are seasoned. They're, they're picking a lot of four-year starters. They're picking seniors. They're picking veterans college veterans who are coming in more pro ready than you could have expected and they're just landing talent um this this could just be an outlier of a draft class that the patriots nailed a draft class like i said at the top of the pod that everybody questioned that we're not paying enough attention to or giving props to grow belichick uh i think it's elliot wolf at all inside the building for having just absolutely nailed what the patriots needed and finding a bunch of qualified starters uh they probably didn't plan on playing as many of them as they have this thus far, but a lot of them are playing and they're playing at a high level. And this is great. So is it, has, was he wrong to do it? Maybe, maybe a couple of them could have tapped into their potential sooner, but at the same time, no. And look, some guys like JC Jackson, who had to play much earlier than expected, turned out to be a great player until he took a giant check and then went to LA and his ankle got broke and now he stinks. So there you go. Uh, at Georgie Kip on the tweet machine. Hey, Hunter Henry has had two good games in a row, and they even got Janu involved last week. I know. Was that not the most exciting non-touchdown moment of the win against the Browns when Janu Smith leaps up for the ball, turns around, shakes a defender, and then just gets rolling and gets 53 yards? Oh, I wanted to see him try to carry that guy into the end zone. Oh, but for him to have completed that for a touchdown. That would have been an all-timer. That would have been like a Kyle Brandt angry run. That would have been highlight central. As it is, Bailey Zappi got all the press and the love. Anywho, do you think the tight ends will stay as involved going forward? Hell yes, I do, Georgie Kip. Hell, can I get an amen? Can I get a Hallamazula? Can I? That's hallelujah with the new Celtics coach. All right, I will never use that again. I apologize. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I do. Because... Hunter Henry told us in his Monday media availability that he had off-season shoulder surgery, played through a shoulder injury for the majority of the 2021 season, yet was still as productive as he was, 600-some-odd yards, nine touchdowns, 50 catches, 80-some-odd targets. Look how good he's looked now as they've used the tight ends more, 
not just for blocking. Obviously, they've been sending him out on many more pass-catching routes. I think Hunter Henry's pass-catching routes are still trip, uh, triple, if not quadruple, what Janus are and deserved and earned. Uh, you've got you've got a Hunter Henry now that's much stronger. He said he's been working on shoulder strength. He feels stronger. It's probably the best he's felt since he's put on a Patriots uniform. Belichick Monday also. Really good football player. Nobody works harder than Hunter does. He's been getting really strong. He's doing a great job for us. Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, which is great. All the things that you want to hear when the, the tight ends are involved and now you've got to worry about them going out. You're not just concerned about the backs. You're not just concerned about sideline balls to Parker. You're not just concerned about over the middle or out in the flat to Jacoby Myers. You're not worried about, you're not just concerned about trickery and gadgetry with a uh, speedy little Taekwon Thornton. Now there's a lot to be concerned with. So yeah, I really do. I think you'll see John who get a little bit more involved. I think four to five catch. If you get four catches, 50 to 65 yards and a touchdown every other game from Hunter Henry, this Patriots team is going to be in every game. And that is, that's, I won't say that's value because he got paid a lot of money, but that's damn good use of your tight end. So I absolutely think that they're going to stay as involved, if not maybe even a little bit more going forward because they're good. Hey, Justin Turpin, producer extraordinaire. What up, buddy? Fitzy, I do have a question for you. With the trade rumors around Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, do you mm -hmm. think one of them gets dealt before the deadline? Mm, that is some good terp chirp right there. With trade rumors around Bourne and Aguilar, do you think one of them gets dealt by the deadline? Ah, uh, terp, I don't want to see one of them get traded. I do you? I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if Aguilar was packing. But wow, that's, that's it. Well, <laughs> that'd I mean, be fine. You know, actually, I'll be on. Yeah, no, I was just being. I was being kind. I was being sympathetic to the plight and cause. Yeah, I, I could see one of them getting uh, getting dealt. It makes all the sense in the world that there's more interest in Bourne because of his... I mean, they're both playmakers whenever they hold on to the ball, Aguilar. Uh, but Aguilar's contract is twice what Bourne's is. So people want to take on the Bourne contract, get him involved at a much lower price. It's a very team-friendly deal. I think it's $5 million this year. Five more next year as well. Aguilar, this is the end of his deal. I think another team that could use the explosiveness that he that he brings whenever he actually holds onto the ball and he's healthy. I don't really think that was much of a legit hamstring last week. I think that was definitely a sort of like, yeah, we saw what you did. Uh, we saw what you did the previous week. You're going to have a hamstring next week. I feel fine, coach. I said you're going to have a hamstring. Oh, my hamstring. It hurts. Um, I do think one of them gets traded. It's 50-50 which one goes. I do, especially with the emergence of Tyquan Thornton and like we were just talking about the integration of the tight ends. I absolutely could see one of them getting traded. And if the Patriots stand firm that Bourne is somebody that they need because he's more, uh, you, if you're going to run more through Tyquan Thornton and he gets hurt again, you can replicate that with Bourne so long as he plays through the turf toe. I think Aguilar becomes the expendable piece. And one more on that. Do you think a contending team would actually take a shot with Aguilar? Yes, I Given, do. Because I mean, like there are teams like some teams need a legitimate deep threat. We saw like they've had the receiver health issues in Tampa. I'm not sure if Aguilar is going to go to Tampa. Um, Russell Wilson is the is not getting the ball to his guys. They're wide open. That's not a problem out there. But like Kansas City, I know they've got Sky Moore as a rookie. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Who else do they throw the ball to? Uh uh, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's more of a possession guy. There's no, no, uh, Nicole Hardman's kind of been a bust or a non-factor this season. No one's taken the top or like stretching the field the same way they used to. And so defenses are playing a tighter, smaller field on Kansas City, 
which is kind of limiting their their production and their output. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Even Green Bay, hell, maybe I don't, get a veteran I don't know. in there because it's a lot I of mean, young like, receivers there with Watson you, uh, and Dobbs. I, I know Watson, Dobbs, uh, Randall Cobb's dinged up now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody takes a flyer. Like, okay, we'll pay you. I tell you what, we'll split the freight on what Aguilar costs, and we'll give you a six next year. Wouldn't surprise I, me. I would take that as I, a in Patriots a, in a heartbeat. Easily. Please, yes, and thank you. I would wear I would wear a mask. I would run away with a fake pistol, and I'd carry a giant burlap sack that has a dollar sign painted Just on it. Just give us I would anything. I feel like I committed a robbery. Exactly. Anything works. Great chirp, chirp. Great question, buddy. Thank you. Yes. All right. Um, oh, here we go. Last uh, last legit question. This is from at and Kenmon. At and Kenmon. Does this team merit a nickname? You know, like Boogeyman or the Boston Tea Party. Hmm. Not yet. Not just yet. I don't, yeah, because look, you know, they may get through this this next stretch of games. Bears, Jetropolitans, the Dolts, uh, by Jets and Vikings. They could go three and two. I mean, Optimal would be four and one. Well, Optimal is five and oh, but like Optimal is really like best case is four and one three and two, and you could have a winning record, then still be in that like in the hunt category on football night in America. Hello. Good morning. It's football. The K Adams football explosion, all the different random programs that'll flash you that kind of graphic. Kornacki will be out there all khakied up. Just like, Oh, the Patriots. Oh, they they can do this. You got to do that. You got to win a few of these. Um, That's Kornacki after several energy drinks, by the way. Um, But uh, as far as a nickname goes, not just yet, because, you give them a nickname now at Ankenmon. You, you throw like you give them a label like these guys are, you know, like uh, Belichick's ballers. You know, these are the the expendables, the re, the replaceables, whatever you want to. I don't know. Like, I'm not exactly sure what it is yet, but it's going to be something about like everyone counted us out. No one gave them, you know, the Patricia powerhouse. Uh, I I don't know. I can't even come up with anything clever right now. I, I, sometimes I can. Sometimes I don't. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it would definitely be something along the lines of, you know, everyone can't. The zappy hour was super easy. The Mac attack is super easy. Those just roll right off the tongue. I don't know exactly what it would be. We got to wait and see if they can get through this and keep winning and stay relevant. Number one. Number two, we got to let this QB situation play out. Hopefully Mac comes back, gets healthy, and then we'll kind of figure something out. They got to earn it. Just like they said at the end of Private Ryan, earn this. Uh, I don't think they're nickname ready just yet, but um, I definitely look at them as kind of like a replacements, cast offs, expendables type of, you know, like nobody said we could get it done and here we are type of thing. I'll get to work on that. Okay. I'll have a few ready if they earn their way into it. All right. uh, Oh, here we go. We got two questions left. I'm going to put these in a fun new category called, uh, should we take this question seriously? Uh, Here's our first on should we take this question seriously here on the Six Rings Mailbag Podcast. This is from at PudgeNet. Should the Bucks replace Brady with Zappy? Sure. Hell yes. Why not? Shit yeah. (laughs) Immediately. Trade for him now. I'll take two first. Give me, I'll take Chris Godwin. uh, I'll take Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, and a first right now. Straight up, no questions asked. Done deal. 
Or maybe uh, give me a first and Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety. I know we got a ton of safeties. McCourty's going to probably retire at the end of this year. Can never have too many good safeties as the Patriots with their safety backers or their line safeties and the hybrid deployment of Peppers and Adrian Phillips, who secretly is competing or ever so sneakily competing for defensive MVP on the Patriots this season. God, I love that guy. What a great football player. Freaking love watching Phillips play. Um, going forward, honestly, like let's say Mac Rock. I mean, do you, next season. All right, let's just say this is it for Brady. He's like, that's it. I'm done. I mean, what are they going to go with? Kyle Trask, uh, the other guy, Ryan Griffiths. Is that it? Uh, they ain't it. I don't think. I don't think that's it. Zappy Hour in Tampa. You know what? That would be fun. Another New England quarterback to root for somewhere else. While Mac Jones plays and then sports media locally can just be like, oh, let's check in on the zappy hour. Like, if only we had held on to this guy or like the narratives and the comparisons and everything ridiculous there in, in local uh, national sports media would be kind of like, no, I would say just like generally insufferable. Could he be an option for him? Eh, probably not. But right now, absolutely trade him next week. Brady, washed, done. What a terrible year for Brady. He's got to be regretting this right now. That's the question. Like, do you think Brady regrets saying yes or coming back, you know, running into the arms of his first and only one true love football? He's got to. And I don't think the way he played last week had anything to do, had anything to do with going to Robert Kraft's wedding Friday night in New York. Like, come on. He should be able to sleepwalk his way through a win in Pittsburgh, a place that he owns, for God's sakes against Pickett and Trubisky teams just not playing well. They're running the ball too early, too often. They're not a pass first team. They should like they have been with Brady. They should pass first, then get the running game involved to throw teams off, control the ball. Like they're a mess. Like they need to they talk about like the Patriots. We're talking about learn like they were messy and now they may have figured some stuff out. They may have figured their ish out with Zappy coming in. And hopefully that will help Mac and the team going forward as they, recalibrate their uh, offense and their game plans and, and and how they're going to look going forward. I think the, I'm not saying like they need a Bailey Zappy to step in for the bucks, but they need to kind of like step back and be like, this has worked. This is what we're trying to do. This sucks. This hasn't let's go back to what we did before that worked a lot and just lean on Tom Brady and, and we'll have him throw the ball literally until his arm falls off. I think um, the guy who compared football to war earlier this week would probably love uh, dying in that field of battle. And last one at Pat Sox fan VA. I still love Tom Brady, but uh, can Fitzy do the gritty at halftime of the Pats bears game? That's uh, no, no one. Like there are some things, you know, there are some things in this life. None of us ever want to see, you know, you know our grandparents naked, uh, the jets winning the super bowl. Um, I don't particularly want to see Astros Yankees because no matter who I root for, we all, and who wins, we all lose. Um, I don't want to see uh, a remake of the naked gun with Liam Neeson. No offense. I don't want to see any of my favorite comedies remade and no one wants to see me attempt to dance anywhere. I got to go to a wedding on Cape Cod this weekend. I've already had to send apology notes in earnest and leave like little goodie bags on the tables of everyone at the wedding. Just, you know, uh, letting them know that that's like preemptive reparations for what they'll have to witness after I get a couple of free beverages in me and start getting the old, uh, late forties, uh, <laughs> Pat's dad dance moves going. Cause it happens. You can't stop it. You know? Um, although last week I did call Nick Chubb the weather and the Patriots were able to stop that. So uh, you know, 
no, it's fun being on the Jumbotron. I love being on the field before when they do like the kickoff and the kicking contest and everything. Um, no, no, you'll see Brian Hoyer, Super Bowl MVP, before you ever see me do the gritty on camera, let alone on the field at halftime. All right. Another great fun edition of the Six Rings and Football Things Mailbag Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Love answering your questions. Love the engagement. Love the community. Love whenever you get in touch with us. Of course, if you have a question, you can email us, sixringspod at gmail. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at sixringspod. We'll be back tomorrow with our Bears-Pats preview. We'll be talking to somebody from the Patriots. We'll be talking to somebody on the Bears scene, getting you guys primed, pumped, jacked, and ready for the Monday Night Football Showdown. Fields and the Bears against, insert name of quarterback here, and the Patriots. And don't forget to listen as soon as that game is over, late Monday night, well into the Tuesday wee hour mornings. uh, We morning out, whatever. Andy and I will be on until like 2 a.m. with the Six Rings postgame show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Appreciate y'all. Good luck. God bless. And as always, go Pats.